right, welcome back to the premier nursing podcast, Fortune Kit. Uh, me and Dan are here today with our friend Andrew, who uh, started his nursing career in the last week of February this year. And uh, that's some auspicious timing, Andrew. Well, um, you know, I kind of planned on it. You know, I knew this was coming. And I thought, well, I got to be ready in two years to uh, to, to uh, handle this and save everyone. So are you telling us that you... Uh, is this admission to like a conspiracy theory here that you started all this shit? I can't confirm nor deny. Andrew invented 5G. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is that two years ago when you started nursing school, we only had 4G and I was okay with that. But now I'm hearing about 5G. I'm not okay with that. And it just seems like maybe you have. Well, the thing was like I was always like trying to stream stuff on my phone and like watch stuff on my phone when I'm out in like my car eating Wendy's, and I was like, you know, this could be so much faster. I want to be able to see this in 4K on my phone, and uh, I was like, well, maybe I could make it. Maybe I can do something about this. So I thought you could add one more. What if we added one more G and it'll make all of our speeds faster and give us all cancer? And disease. Well, I just had a new idea called 6G, and it reverses all those diseases, and it's even faster. And I already patented it. What do you think about that? Well, I was thinking about doubling that to make 12G. Oh, so like a rap group G12, like Eminem affiliated. All right. Okay. That's enough. (laughs) Well, okay. I I had to do kind of a music thing there, because actually this is more of a music podcast, but we lied to you to get you on. By telling you, I it was brought you guys nursing. these scrubs to wear. Okay, cool. Let Got me just guys put these caps on here. to wear. Wearing it here. Uh, I'm gonna put my gloves on. Just a second. Are these Tom Nook scrubs? It's got the little leaf on it. <laughs> That's the. Yeah. Damn, try. I was even playing a lot of Animal Crossing or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, the game's called Animal Collective. Check it out on Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like just like their hooks, it's, it's a very repetitive game. But there's something yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> something very, you know, nice and summary about it. Something kind of one note about it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> the weird. Animal Collective song uh, Daily Routine, you just play in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Collective crossing. Yeah. <laughs> so if Animal Collective ends up listening to this, uh I'll come on your podcast too. No, but um with all jokes aside, Animal Collective and Animal Crossing both rule. It's true. Charles, remember that one time when we were in Chicago and we were both up till like 5 a.m. watching Animal, uh, Animal Collective vi- videos? Dude, I know. Sometimes there are some live myself. ones where we're like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And then some live shows, some live ones are like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's every what's band. great about them, though, is like they don't that's care. Every band, you know? though. Like, every band has some yeah. shit shows. Every, every good band, I think every good band has garbage shows and, and like great shows. That's yeah, a sign of a good band. Like, uh, I, I mean, like, I think the original. The original band that did that was like the replacements. You know, there was all this stuff about them being like 50% of the time you were going to get a train wreck and 50% of the time you're going to get the best rock band in America. But then like you know? people, like, if they are if they knew that, they're going to go to the show and be happy with either because like, oh man, I got one of their shit shows. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking the of this because I listened to um, I listened to Francis the Mute this morning, but like Mars Volta was one of those bands where you might see them play a great set and then you might see them play like they might go 45 minutes without a real song, you know? Yeah. Just jazz Odyssey. So like the Grateful yeah. Dead. Except it's like four yeah. hours without a song. Yeah. Or an entire career, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Shade. Boom. Shade being thrown at Jerry. I can't, I, 
Dan, can't even Dan think B of a, versus Jerry Garcia. Can't think of a single Grateful Dead song off the top of my head. Not I can one. think of like two that are good, which is like Box of Rain and okay. maybe Never Friend of, of the Devil, kind of. It's okay. Is that like their is, most popular like, one, Box of Rain? Yeah, totally. Because is it's one of their only tr- coherent like three-minute songs. Do they have a song called Space Truckers? They should if they don't. You could do a whole episode about um, about Grateful Dead songs being real or not. Well, actually, no, another podcast list too did that uh, like years ago, um, where he just make up uh, fake fake uh, Grateful Dead song names and give throw yeah. in real ones too, and ask this other guy, <laughs> Outer Space Orchid. Wow, is that real? I don't know, man. Um, Let's find out. One <laughs> I know is, um, well, there's that one album that all those artists did of covers of Grateful Dead songs, and I know the National uh, did Peggyo, yeah. and I like that Peggy Peggyo. Yeah. I've heard this song before. But, that's, but I think also not the cover, but <laughs> the cover is good. <laughs> but I also think that the Grateful Dead song is just a. Uh, I think I don't think it's their song. I think it's just them playing like an old folk song or something i can't remember it's just like uh they're playing a standard basically yeah yeah it's like an old song like a bunch of people have covered it i don't know but there's probably deadheads listening to this and clench their fists going god damn it <laughs> shut Actually, up i feel like i've over time i've become more and more generous to jam bands not because their music's good because it's not but their <laughs> idea their idea of like your fans as a community rather than like a commodity. Ooh, that's a, a a fancy way to phrase it. They're a community a, instead of a commodity. Not a commodity, man. Oh, man. My yeah. God. <laughs> but it's true, you know. Like they, they they were Ooh. ahead of the curve on that kind of shit. Of okay, like, the one thing that I, about jam, jam bands and that whole scene is, I'm immensely jealous of all of them oh, because yeah. they're so into something so hard like that. And then like the guys in the bands, it's like all they want to do is jam with their boys for, for like 24 hours straight. And I was like, yeah. I wish I could play an instrument just so I could do that. But I, and, but like, even if I could, I'd probably be like, this sucks. But, yeah. <laughs> but I'm jealous that they're into that. Like, I'm just jealous of all of them. Like, I wish I had the 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 gene. It's like the cilantro gene. Like, you either have it or you don't. Like, yeah. it tastes it tastes like citrusy or it tastes like soap. Jambian music to me is fucking soap. It's true. Uh, but you know, the other thing too is that they, for touring bands, they have literally the smartest economic model for longevity because like no fucking around with trying to get songs on the radio no fucking yeah. around with changing whatever you don't even have to rehearse whatever you're doing yeah you don't have to rehearse you just have to you have to be moderately tight but not even and you have a legion of fans who are going to come to every show uh, they're going to enjoy the shit out of it they're going to buy all of your merch they're going to buy all of the shitty live albums you put out and you can keep doing it until you die. And, uh, you know, Wolf Parade, like, we talk a lot, uh, Arlen and Spencer and I, about, like, that's the goal. Like, Wilco, oh, yeah. they, they almost hit jam band. Uh, I, th- I think, in a way, Wilco is, like, kind of a modern jam band. Yeah, without know? the jamming. <laughs> but you're right, like, the model yeah. of it, for sure. Yeah, they could go play anywhere. Yeah. And who cares? And now they who do, cares? they put out so many live shows online now. Like, they have yeah. dozens and dozens, like... They've definitely that's the copied way to, that model. That's the way to do it, man. Well, also, every deadhead that I know, like all the biggest ones, it's like, they're not, like, yeah, they're all, um, like, hippies, hippies and everything like that in those communities, the classic, you know, idea of those people. But, like, all the people I know, they're just, like, 
normal like <laughs> they're either like they're either like yuppies they're just like normal working yeah. people then i find out they're deadhead i'm like wait you what the fuck like yeah and like they're like they're just as into it as anyone else like they're psychos about it and i'm like yeah but i don't i don't get it so they all have like money and they all spend a shitload of money to go to these like they go oh yeah i just spent like 10 grand to like follow these guys around or like just yeah they all just like put all this money into it where they spend all this money for like some recording of this one particular show in like 1969 you want to hear me take this to the next level here though <laughs> see e1 e1 also kind of benefits from that model though right like every episode is improvised and different we only need a couple thousand <laughs> we need a couple thousand like fans on patreon and that's it we just need this small niche and we don't to even have by. to prepare for it. we're like oh these these dogs will eat it up exactly yeah. they just eat up whatever random shit we come up with this week it's all just a bunch of so trash we're the we're the jam band podcast <laughs> so who's jerry garcia does that mean one of us is gonna die uh-oh and everyone's gonna uh -oh. go yeah it was a lot better when he was around <laughs> And then Charles is gonna yeah. still tour and make a shitload yeah, of money. John, like John Bob Mayer. Weir. He's gonna be like Bob Weir no, podcasting. John Mayer is gonna replace Branson. <laughs> but he's gonna do he's gonna like make um allusions to Branson bits so that the audience likes it. So it's like me, Andrew, and uh, John Mayer up there. And John Mayer is just like, you know, doing his uh, Gilroy Monsanto impersonation. John Mayer, now that's a guy who had a good thing. Like, he f had it figured out because he wrote all that, uh, all that, like, music that girls fell in love with. But then he's also just like, oh, but I just like to play blues guitar and, like, play live yeah. shows. Then everyone who, like, who's in the guitar is like, you know, man, John Mayer actually fucking rips. You know, he's pretty God, fucking yeah. good. And you're just like, I remember when right, I was like, I Calm down. <laughs> I remember someone trying to explain to me why he's good from a guitar perspective when we were like teenagers, and they were like, he can stretch his hand really far on the fretboard. Well, it's not like what? like the thing like, is like right, the people, cool. the guitar people aren't into like your body is a wonderland or something like that. It's like they're into some. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he wouldn't play. It's like how he's playing with like the dead. Like he, oh, he's like yeah. good at this. Like he is a really good they're guitarist, in, but yeah, they weren't into like they're into <laughs> like a ten minute mid set like fucking modal raga or yeah. whatever like. Just because we were like a um, long, talking like, about shredders recently, I think uh, I'd love to see the Grateful Dead replace John Mayer now with a Joe Satriani. I was going to say Joe Satriani, yeah. <laughs> totally. Sammy Hagar. Yeah, yeah. So what's the difference between people like Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, and uh, and then your your jam band guitarists? Like, what is it just? Well, I would still say like I, length, yeah. like velocity and I think volume intensity. Or? That's intensity. part of it, except that also in the jam band, they actually pass it around where the bassist and the drummer and stuff are going to get their moment, whereas right, with the, Steve uh, Vai and them, they never get that moment. It's only guitar all the time. Yeah, yeah. The drummer can get some in Fish. The funniest whatever. thing to yeah. me is like like getting excited about like guitar solos, like the way people do about those guys. Like It's like just... I feel like it's like a, like a being like an eight-year-old and being like, well, my favorite car is a convertible... And yeah, the best totally. part of music yeah. are guitar solos. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, my favorite food is uh, my favorite food is spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or a sandwich. Yeah, or a okay, Andrew. <laughs> hey, hey, let's not get into this now. All right. Well, we didn't bring it up on the guitar episode, but um, I think I sent I sent Charles. Charles, I sent you uh, the end. I think it's the end of Crossroads, starring Ralph Macchio. 
which is a which is a movie. It's a retelling of Robert Johnson selling his soul to the devil, except for oh yeah, Robert, Steve Robert, Robert Johnson is replaced by Italian American Ralph Macchio, and Steve Vai is the uh, agent of the devil. God, fighting him in a guitar battle. <laughs> It's just, so you know, cool. there's nothing like it, dude. Dude, I wish I could shred. I wish I could shred. I, I got to play my rock and roll. If I can't do yeah. that, I'm, I'm fucking done. That's right. Where's your freedom? Here's the thing, though. Rock and roll left this, this world long ago. Some people say it's never coming back, but I believe. The Strokes were on Twitch yesterday, so I think rock and roll is back, baby. Yeah, I keep seeing people like posting about the Strokes. Do they got a new album? Yeah, they I do. actually listen to it. They do have a new album. <laughs> I I'm listened so to out it of the loop on everything. It's it's interesting because it's like like there'll be a song with like a really good guitar riff, and then Julian Casablancas just fucking phones in the song on his part. You know, like it's all yeah. these like weird dysfunctional things that like there's moments of like oh this could have been great, and it, it was very it was a very weird listen, but I felt like obligated to do it once. Well, didn't they have... What was their last album before this? Like seven years ago, I think. Yeah. It was like... Uh, yeah, it was like 2013. I The last one that I was really into, like their 2011 album was pretty solid. There's a yeah, bunch yeah, of good tricks on Angles. About totally. half of it is good, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I... you, I'm sure Alex... Alex, I talked to Alex about this before. I don't know if he's talked about it on here before, but like this... the The strokes are like good and i like the strokes but i remember like i remember when they blew up and i guess like i was a lot younger so it was different but i felt like all the music journalists were just like they thought it was there's never going to be a better band and i was like well they're good but <laughs> yeah 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 but i think you have to think to me the the magazine to think about with them is nme where like yep. rock music was really in this hitting this like nadir where the enemy was always like a rock magazine, but they were so desperate in the late nineties that they started doing stuff about like Eminem and shit because they were like rock music kind of sucks right now. And then the strokes were like their savior. Well, of, then, like, like, oh, the finally we can write about this shit. The early two thousands came. There was the, like the indie boom. You know, remember like in indie was where like every guy was wearing like suits, like, Exactly. The strokes the mop top haircuts. Like, it was like the strokes. Yeah, yeah. The avatar. Uh, then there's like uh, the killers blew up, and the killers are you know awesome. But Interpol is Interpol, yeah, definitely came out. yeah. Also great first record, and then kind of diminishing, diminishing returns. returns. Yeah, exactly. After, after that, but yeah, uh, that I was. I think um, like well, because we I talked about it the one time I was on uh, here, but I like. Turn on the bright lights is great, but I think I like antics almost, or probably just as much. But I think I got into Interpol through antics and not turn on the bright lights. Or, yeah, antics is as good as turn on the bright. They're lights, both very. They're both amazing albums, and I, then like I think it's like slightly worse. Like turn on the bright lights is amazing. Antics is very good. The third one is better than some people said, and then after that it was like. But then they had yeah. I, I forget which. Um, I don't know. There's like a recent album of theirs that I was like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. So like Interpol overall, not bad. Not bad band. But I'm not talking about them anymore on Fortune Kit. I'm done. That's true. <laughs> you don't even, you're not even willing to have that conversation for less but than But do you remember G's. all the other, there's all these other bands that like kind of like came up on that indie, that indie uh, kick. And one that was like, that came up, but is still one of my favorite bands because all of their albums are incredible. 
and they kind of had like a interesting history was um the uh secret machines had oh, yeah, we yeah. talked about them they a had bunch, nowhere actually. again um that was their like big hit that blew up and then i think yeah. they're they're on the across the universe soundtrack but all their their first album is incredible one of my favorite albums uh now here is nowhere which is so such like a early 2000s album title <laughs> oh yeah yeah but, the moon in Antarctica. but they're um <laughs> yeah and then uh and then later on the um the guitarist uh benjamin curtis the brother of the singer yeah, brandon like school of seven yeah he, he, he left for school of seven bells which is also an amazing group and then 2013 yeah. he died of leukemia so yeah. and then that like that group like you know kind of like i think just like ended i think she did uh a little bit more after that kind of like as like a dedication to him but and then brandon curtis went on to just like start producing all these albums like he produced like all of like past three i think russian circle albums like the dude has an amazing like talent for production and like sound because like secret machines always have like this huge like almost like space rock sound like very big large sound to it and uh he's got a really good ear he's like yeah he's got a yeah. good ear for aesthetics and atmosphere like i would love for them to do something more because they were they had like a self-titled album even after benjamin left that was fucking awesome they were i think they were kind of overlooked yeah i think a lot of bands that that happened to a lot of bands that kind of blew up and then just immediately faded away like like radio four i don't know if anybody oh, yeah. remembers, I did oh, man. That, remembers that like maybe not the greatest band in the world, but you know, not bad. And they they sort of rode that post punk. Like, what are where are we now? We are literally three post punk revivals past that. Or there's <laughs> bands like the Hives. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or that uh, wasn't there a band from D- Detroit that had like a, the Von Bondies, like a, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. They had that rivalry with. Uh, white stripes yeah, yeah. It's very uh very funny stories from that if people look that up i don't remember all the details but you know jack white's jack white so well you live in detroit mm-hmm I do um I do. well not main detroit but not you know. main detroit yeah but everyone um, everyone want- who's who lives within like 100 miles of it just says yeah i'm from there <laughs> just like anyone who lives near any big city yeah, I technically I live close to Detroit, so you know that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Charles too. Sh- Charles yeah, like we all live. Well, yeah, I live in Chicago. I live in, I live in, Chicago. I live in the I live in the suburbs of Detroit, basically um, Montreal. But I do I do work um, in the city. Yeah. What? So I wanted to ask you, like, when when did you notice things starting to get bad? Like. Is there a day that you remember uh, walk, going to work think. and being I'm like... I'm trying to think because like, time is like not real right now. I feel like yeah. everyone is kind of every- lost, lost track. I yeah, think everyone's weird. experiencing like, yeah, elastic time syndrome, but... Um, well, I think um, it was probably the beginning of March, like the very beginning of March. Okay. Where so, which is to say, maybe like within two weeks of you starting the job at all. Yeah, I mean, I I started my I started working there in like you know late February, and um, I had like some training and stuff, like some classes and stuff that they make us do. But then, like, I got in the hospital, and it was like okay. Well, what? Where do you work? Uh, 
what's the oh what's like the, the specialty? specialty yeah yeah um well it's, like, it's a large um i won't say which hospital but it's a, yeah, lar- yeah, it's a large do, yeah. hospital it's system geographically um, and it's one of the largest larger hospitals in detroit and okay. um my unit is a cardiovascular step down unit so what we normally would do and this is what i saw within like the first uh like couple weeks of working there was we get mostly surgical patients and so people who uh had like open heart surgery or they had like a um a defibrillator like an internal defibrillator put in or like a pacemaker stuff like that bypass kind of yeah all of that like uh yeah the bypass like the open heart like a cabbage is what we call one of those um so those people come to my unit, and um, so it specializes. We specialize in that. Other issues will go to a kind of like the floor, like above, which is a medical unit. So, any, okay. like ours is a little bit more well, kind of routine. Um, you kind of like know what you're getting. Uh, whereas medical, basically anyone who is like in nursing or no, or like just works in like a hospital knows that medical versus surgical is like wildly different. Like medical is kind of like a shit show. Because it's right. it's like messy. It's just like all the stuff going on with people, and it's like kind of. Is it like kind of, diagnostics? Like more like diagnostics and keeping people alive. Yeah, they're just like, like multiple, usually multiple problems wrong that they're trying to treat. So like a right. surgical stuff is like that's an elective surgery. Like oh, we want to put in this pacemaker, schedule that this time. We're gonna put it in. You're gonna be in the hospital for this amount of time, and then you're gonna go home. With medical, it's like, oh, this person's super fucking sick, and we got to do what we can, but we don't know how long they're going to be here or not, and we're just going to you know, go with it. So right. it's medical is kind of difficult to work in because of that reason. It's uh, It can be very draining. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so the my floor, so we're like a so specialty floor, um, like all private rooms, very, very large unit. Um, so there's that's our normal patient population. We yeah. are like cardiac nurses. That's what we know. And once we, I think it was the the third week, I believe it was the th- second or third week where um, we have, well, in those, and on my unit, we have negative pressure rooms. So what those do is they, um, they keep all, like when you open the door, it just sucks air in. So nothing leaves right. that room. Um, so... <laughs> We get, I, I was down on a different um, unit training for some stuff one day, and I come up, and I was going home, and let's talk to people in my unit, and I was going home, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we have, you know, someone, a COVID patient in the room, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, right. shit. And I was like, by on the time, floor. and then I was off for a week between that point, because I was transitioning from the days onto the midnights, which I work. And, okay. And then I was like, in a week when I come back, it's going to be worse so i come back a week later and we had like six six patients on right with that are positive and at this point we're still taking our heart patients our surgical patients so if you have someone that's has chf um those people cannot tolerate having covid because they have all these issues with their lungs as well yeah that right because all of like um you know if you're not circulating that fluid properly you know it's it's you know, congestive heart failure. It's all in sitting there and that backs up and you have all these breathing issues because, you know, fl- there's fluid buildup in your body. Um, a lot of people easily develop like pneumonia and stuff like that. And uh, it's not good. So if they get something like that, anything that has to do with respiratory, 
then they're kind of fucked. So yeah. I was like, holy shit, why are we still, why are they still having surgeries? Why are these surgeons even letting these COVID patients onto this floor? And I mean, it, it was like, you know, it is what it is where we had negative pressure rooms and like there's no beds on like a respiratory floor now because they were filling up apparently. Right. And there so are, that's what I was, that's what I was going to ask. So why is your, why is your floor taking, is it spillover or do they think they can treat these people better on the, well, here's on, the thing. Here's the thing. Your floor? When we got that first patient that one week, yeah. our respiratory floor was already filled with flu patients. Okay. Because it, right. um, the flu is, you know, really bad, pretty bad every year. I don't think a lot of, yeah. I mean, people were saying, well, the flu, the flu is worse. The flu is worse. And like, yeah, the flu is, uh, kills a lot of people. Um, which is also people say like, it was bad for people to also say, well, it's just, it's just like the flu. And it's like, well, the flu is bad and the flu is dangerous and the flu kills people. It's like us in the hospital take the flu seriously, but COVID is a different story because we don't have COVID shots. Like we have flu shots. Yep. And it's much newer. It's, we don't have uh, all the information we need because, you know, it hasn't it's been more around. virulent, right? Like it's easier. The transmission is like, it's like, still kind of, I mean, basically everything is like, we don't know. Everything. Yeah. Everything is like, we don't know exactly. Um, so, Oh, those floors were filled at that time. So we had to like start, it was like kind of a spillover, but also it started because we had those negative pressure rooms um, right. where the other floors, not all the floors have those. So yeah. And Andrew, I think you've talked about how at this point your entire floor is COVID patients. Yeah. Right? Well, we were one of the early floors to become dedicated COVID. We don't take, we do not take any heart patients or cardiac patients. All of like the elective surgeries were canceled like weeks ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that happened, like, uh, it seemed like a wave in the States of elective yeah. surgeries being, and it, and Canada too, for that matter, like, uh, anything that wasn't totally right. life-threatening. Because it's not safe for those patients either to be in the hospital. Like, you don't want them there. If you can avoid yeah. the hospital, keep them out. So my floor was like, and now many of the floors in the hospital, mm, I don't, I don't know if I'll say many, I, I would say almost all of them are now covid and pure like dedicated to covid and um you know it's just they keep filling up we get admits multiple admits every day we are i would say our most of the floors have been pretty good about staffing now um uh, at least for my unit anyway it's been pretty good they do a really good job of pulling people there has been multiple nights uh, where I've been had had to be pulled to other floors to go work there, like to make up a kind of a labor shortage or like yeah. So basically, like doesn't matter what kind of nurse you are, even if you're a psychiatric nurse now, um, they're gonna you're a nurse still. You have your license and you right. you went to school and even if you never practice all the medical stuff, we're gonna bring you onto that floor. We're gonna show you what to do and you're gonna have to work as a you know. A plague nurse with the rest yeah. of us. It's like the yeah. like the draft so, or something. Yeah, yeah. Basi- so you're, you're essentially like being drafted to fight. So we're, to fight a, so to fight a if war. They need someone. So say my my floor is staffed well enough, and they need someone on this other floor. Um, they could send one of us to go there to help. And and same with us. It's like if we need a, a couple, like two or three more nurses on our unit, we can pull, and these people can come. And basically, everyone gets to keep working. Um, and they might not like know all this stuff as well as others. But here's the thing is like 
these there's veteran nurses and there's doctors and everything. And like I said, we don't know. Um, we don't have everything we need to <laughs> treat them because we don't have all the information. It's not really, yeah. it's like not even like a, an issue right now of like equipment, which is like a whole other thing. It's just like every, every doctor and everyone working on this is just throwing at it, throwing whatever they can at it to see what's going to work and what helps. Cause there's, no other way it's just like trial and error yeah that was going to be my next question was basically like like on a macro level like do you do you feel like there's enough uh hmm meta like ppe like medical equipment and and personal protective uh gear in your at your job like um or 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 is it are you guys strained for like material support like early on it was much worse i'll say uh, I'll because no hospital I think in the U.S. was prepared for this, so it's not just yeah. my employers or anything. It's just we as a country weren't properly equipped to handle this because we just you know assumed we'll be good, we'll be fine. Um, right. now we have we are very pretty careful about our use of the PPE. Um, you know using. You know, policies have been like they change constantly. Like by the day, they're changing. Even by the hour, certain things have been changing policy-wise. So that's also another thing where um, none of us have seen this before. Even like all these yeah. veteran nurses, this is all uncharted territory. So even though I'm a new nurse, um, in this sense, everyone is kind of new to this. It's all very How did- weird way of nursing and the like, patient care in general. Um, How do they relay that information? Like if there's a if there's a change on policy in sterilization of masks or uh, you know like like protective covering, how do how does that get relayed to you as like a worker? Well, they, I think like the administration, they'll take into account a bunch of different sources, stuff like the CDC and things places like that, and they will right. and look at what other hospitals are doing and um, what they think is working, and they base it on that. So and they keep changing. You know, we keep getting different information. So it's it's they'll send out like mass memos or whatever and emails and then like it goes to our bosses and then it goes down below and keeps going lower and it reaches us. So they'll be like, oh well, we're gonna do this. Oh, we're not doing this anymore. And it, like by next week, it'll probably be different again. Um, yeah, Andrew, I saw um, just within the last day someone you were talking to on Twitter who was like in your comments on something, who was also a nurse, just saying that their hospital has completely different. Um, like guidelines than yours because everyone's kind of just making it up just winging it like yeah like because they don't know the the exact pathology of the virus um there's different theories and stuff like there's some people that's like oh you should um uh, or you should be intubating them early or oh you should be you shouldn't be intubating them at all and other things like oh you should be you know have them on a bipap which is you know it's like a like a CPAP device, but it's for like the nose and the mouth, and right. mm-hmm. it's a positive pressure airway. They'll be like, "Oh, don't use the BiPAP," and or oh, like, there's a lot of arguments. It's like that's it's stuff like that, and um, you know, there's a new thing where they they're wanting us to, I think, have patients. I don't know if all patients, but they they want us to have them prone, so lying on their stomach. Um, oh wow. Okay, so not saying, sitting up, not on their backs, like normally, like with respiratory, you want them kind of sitting uh, in like a semi-fowler's position, like that sitting up position. 
Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. classic hospital position. Classic just, hospital just as position. An as, just as an aside, I had like a terrible lung condition as a kid and uh, almost died a couple of times in hospital oh, uh, because, because yeah. of it. And I always remembered like, like when I was really, really young and I always remembered like there was a whole procedure of like you were either lying flat or you were lying sort of at a 45 degree angle on a mechanical bed upright to keep airflow going. So it's prone is kind of interesting. Well, the thing about, so the thing is, is in my mind, they're saying it helps with their uh, respiratory status, but I'm thinking that's probably has to do with the lung expansion because you don't have any of that pressure on your back. Cause that's where your lungs right. go. Is they like your lungs are, when you listen to someone's lungs, you got to listen to all over their, their back and their lower and like their lower like sides. Cause that's where the yeah. lungs are at. So when you, you breathe, and it's expanding. If you're laying on your stomach, it's. I think it's probably a little bit easier for them. Um, but I think that's. It's also just like that's just another thing that they're just trying because we're just trying to figure out what's the best way to to care for them. Uh, what was uh, one question? Oh yeah, the like PPE. So PPE has gotten a lot better. Um, I have an N95 every shift I work. Uh, we are not going into a patient's room and then tossing it after we come out. We have to, you know, use the same one every shift. Right. Okay. Um, a lot of people get donations from people they know for N95s as well. We have people that have made us cloth masks to cover up our regular masks to layer them. Um, How do you mean people people they know? Like just uh, so like employees, like friends of theirs? Yeah, or just like, like family people, members? Or like will people like... will just donate stuff to the hospital and be like, do you, if you people need this, like whoever needs it. So like, there's a lot of donations coming in. Um, okay. I, so I'll just do like, I wear like an N95 and I lay it with a regular surgical mask. Um, we've all been getting, we all have been buying and like sharing with each other, like cloth caps that we can rewash and reuse. But we also have like the disposable ones. Um, right. We have, you know, eye protection. We've had face shields. Now we have uh, gowns and the gowns will like hang outside the patient's room. Um, so you don't, we don't wear them in the hallways. We don't wear them at the desk. We don't wear them in the med room. We leave it outside the door. So when we go in, we put it on. And then when we come out, we take it off. And, right. Andrew, and then, would you agree that one of the most important donations you've gotten recently is the Mita, uh, Mio uh, water enhancer? It is. Yeah, we got all these care packages made for us. Um, I can't remember... It may have been by I, th I don't it may have been by our labor and delivery <laughs> delivery unit, which is cool because like the people like from the labor and delivery or like the NICU have basically been kind of like support groups because you know like okay this isn't really heavily affecting kids or in like the NICU like hasn't had babies with it so those people I think they're trying to they try to keep everyone out of the hospital but you know if a baby has to be in the NICU they got to be in the NICU those there's you don't you can't take care of those kids outside like at home especially a kid that was born like 28 weeks so like you know the size of yeah. a mouse <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. like so those nurses um they're kind of had like a lower census so they've been doing a lot of other stuff for us which has been really cool um another thing is like every time we I go to work now I don't have to bring food because there's just so much shit that's been dumped on us all the junk food, yeah, about that. like that's drink, sad. like just anything you want. It's just always in there in the break room, and we're like we we're kind of overwhelmed by it now because it's like, what are we gonna do with? So all let's this? say your favorite food is a sandwich. Yeah, are you gonna be uh, taking Get care sandwiches. Of? We got diners donating us like really nice wraps, all kinds of stuff. Like 
every day. Andrew, every day. you got to eat it all, man. I mean, you can't. Yeah, we've uh, all been. You can't. You you can't take that generosity and just. Uh, that doesn't matter how many like Arby's sandwiches come in through the door. You got to eat gotta them all. Yeah, you got to consume all of them. Well, also you know? my unit yeah, you better is enhance like, the shit out of your water, dude. My unit is also a unit that likes to do potlucks, so people are also still bringing food too. Oh man! <laughs> so like everyone eats pretty well, and uh, I've lost like thirteen or fourteen pounds in this past month, so I really need to probably oh, eat that junk food and like gain my weight back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, slam those carbs. Yeah, like last night. I walked in and there was like an entire case of just like white monsters. I was like, all right, hello. I'm going to have one of those tonight. <laughs> it was like 1 a.m. and I cracked you, one open. You're walking just down the hallway with a huge bowl of pasta, just twirling it around a floor. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been, that's been really nice. The support from people to us towards the hospital is cool. Other outside, it's like weird. Uh, like if you wear your uniform like before work or even after work cuz many of a many people change at the hospital they change their shoes right. they'll they'll change into the surgical scrubs like the ones that we go get from like OR the light blue ones that we wear you go you get you can get those and you change into those and you you know when you leave you don't have to wear them or, um so a lot of people change their stuff or they leave their stuff in their locker but then like you'll go to the store in your uniform and people will like avoid you or they'll yell at you. And right. It's kind of yeah, like how, should, um, it's kind of like expand how expand on that a little. Cause that's kind of crazy. You know, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Cause it's like a, this is like, it's like Vietnam, except but we're not killing kids in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's a, the opposite. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're actually exactly. You're saving and people getting like and getting treated like but, shit. But, it, yeah, but like, it's like a rolling disaster that like, you know, uh, I mean, it was very evident in Montreal the last couple of days. Like, it's this thing is super invisible unless you're sick or somebody who is treating right. the sick or yeah. working in healthcare. So there's got to, I was thinking like before we did this episode, I was thinking about you and I was thinking about there must be a psychic whiplash leaving work and then going into a public place where people are half-assedly kind of it's very, ob very observing quarantine and yeah. it must be really hard on your brain. Like it, it's weird because. Like I'll do like three nights in a row working twelve hour shifts, and then I'll like go to get some stuff at, at like after a shift, and um, cause like I want to go home and sleep, but I want like some stuff like cause I don't want to have to go back out later. I just like kind of want to chill yeah, at home, yeah. which I should be. I should just be at home like everyone else should be, and like at the store people will like cover their face and shy away, or like people will, and like this has happened to me and like many coworkers. Like people saying, like, "Oh, you're infecting us. Like, you should be ashamed." It's like, well, you going out and being here, you're putting yourself at risk. It's not me. You're doing it to yourself. And also, you people are all walking around, like, and they're probably mad because, like, um, they're all walking around with these masks on, and they're all wearing gloves, and they're like wearing gloves the whole time and touching everything. I'm like, that's not the <laughs> point of wearing gloves. You, like, we change ours a million times. Like, every time yeah. I go into that room, I double glove and take those double gloves off when I leave that room. Or I'm changing the gloves multiple times while I'm in the room. The, so, and I'm also washing my hands constantly, wiping everything down um, with the purple wipes, our favorite. What's the purple wipes? The purple wipes, they're, um, I forget what they're made with. Uh, it's like, a, I'm Googling it right now. The purple wipes are, I mean, they're sandy cloths. They're like. Uh, okay. So it's like Dettol, they're like very, antiviral. They're very strong like... disinfectant wipes. It's what we use like in all the hospitals. 
Um, Mia Wipe Enhancer Grape Flavor. So we use this to wipe down everything constantly. But it's like, yeah, I go to the store and God bless Costco because now they're giving priority to people like me. They're like, you get it. If you show us your badge, you get to go in first and shop first. So I need to get a membership to Costco again because I don't get it's kind of it's kind of uh yeah, like Dan said, it's it's kind of like this weird feeling because we're doing all this work and then we go to get basic supplies for ourselves at home and people are basically like, You you don't you shouldn't be here, you should be like ashamed <laughs> for being here. And I'm like, I should get this before all of you do. Like, what the fuck agree. are any of you doing? Stay <laughs> I home. Totally agree. So it's like it's like, yeah, it is kind of frustrating. Um I guess I kinda get it because they see someone in like a medical uniform they're scared but maybe don't go out i don't know like yeah so like well, now when I, i'm like i try not to like shop in my uniform anymore because people are psycho but also when i when i go to places like i went to mcdonald's in the drive-thru after work one day and this guy was like he's like what hospital you work and i told him he's like hey man i appreciate you Thanks for what you're doing. And I was like, hey, man, I appreciate you. Thanks for being open. I'm hungry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, like, people in gas stations are always super nice. Like, so the gas station nearby me, the dude was like, one dude one day was like, hey, man, has it, how's it been? Has it been crazy? And I told him about it. He's like, well, stay safe. And, like, another dude the other day was like, you know, he's like, how you holding up, man? You doing okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's I'm about to go into work. It's all good. Uh, I was like, keep, because he's wiping on the counter and stuff. He's like, trying to he's like that guy was coughing i'm wiping all this shit down <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah absolutely but like he wasn't like yeah. acting just scared of me or anything he was just he was, like supportive I'm, like the people that are actually still working are all very nice and cool people in the grocery yeah. store Did you ever working consider... the people working in the grocery store is all very nice too so the people that are like shopping that are out and shouldn't be yeah, out that, that are like a lot of sense. yeah I was but gonna did say. Did you ever like, consider maybe maybe those workers are being nice because they know you're a podcaster? <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe they recognize my voice yeah. even if I don't yeah. say anything. Yeah, they don't want to be bad math <laughs> on the podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I go out. I try and get groceries once a week. Uh, Montreal is pretty strict and was pretty strict right from the get go. Um, but my local grocery store, like, it's it's a family run business, right? Like, it's not a chain. And the people working in there are, every time I go in, it's the same people in there. And every time I go in there, they have another layer of protective gear on. And I respect the fact that they're, that they're fucking, <laughs> they're fucking showing up and feeding people or essentially letting people buy food. Yeah. And people are incredibly rude and psychotic. Everyone about, is psycho in these grocery stores. Like, I've never seen people fucking, more tense and insane. Oh, it's crazy. It drives me nuts. Like I, I, the last time I bought groceries... Uh, I watched a guy lose his fucking shit because he wanted... Basically, it was cold outside and there was a line around the block and he wanted to be inside shopping and he couldn't be and he just... His brain fucking snapped. Uh, so he was screaming at the guy who was responsible for... Everybody at the, uh, at the grocery stores here, there's a security guard out front who essentially asks you if you've traveled and then helps you wash your hands with... the. Uh, disinfectant and then watches you put gloves on and then you're allowed to go in and um this dude just fucking lost it on this guy who is endangering himself eight hours a day for like yeah, yeah. probably probably a little yeah, more than blame the people wage. that are still working like 
Yeah, yeah like, the, fuck the, off. the let me speak like, to your manager people are going psycho right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and those it's weird. It's a weird class of people who are not rich enough to be ordering groceries and having them delivered to their home, but they're you know you know, but they're still able to go out and buy shit. Yeah, we need to um, update the class hierarchy to include the let me speak to your manager class, which is like. You know, above the working class, but below like the, the bourgeois. petite bourgeoisie. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very, very, very like weird uh, feeling. I mean, going out in the streets, the roads, driving home from work. <laughs> like I said, I like I said that's like coming back to a video game server that used to play on years ago and it's just dead. Like yeah. there's nothing around. <laughs> yeah, I read that. I read that today. That was yeah. I feel the same way about walking around my neighborhood in Montreal. It's uh, it's bizarre. Like driving home in the morning, I go to like turn, make a left on a uh, at a light or a right or whatever, and I'm just like, I look down to check. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't even have to look basically because there's no one around. You just do it with your eyes. Like, I just like the sun. It was just like this morning. The sun was just like lighting up the roads. It's like these golden roads, and I was like, there's nothing in sight. And I'm like, it, it was like that uh, that. Um, I think New Zealand film, The Quiet Earth, where the guy like wakes like oh yeah, there's nothing, so just, there's nothing there, and I was like, it's kind of cool and kind of nice because I don't got to deal with traffic or people, but it is very yeah. very strange. It's ominous. It feels it's, like because uh, it feels like the hospital is the only thing that's like alive right now. Yeah, and it's a place of chaos, I guess. It's and, a place and, of chaos, but like I feel like people even working like they don't even because uh, we have mandatory overtime now. Um, Right. How does that work, uh, mandatory overtime? So you just like you need to do it, but you're getting paid overtime too, as well. It's not. Yeah, we get paid extra, n- but we have to pick up. We have to do at least one extra day a week. Um, right. Because of staffing. So, like I said, the staffing on my unit has been pretty good. Other units, there's been some struggles and some not great stuff happening. Um, right. Not at my hospital. There's that uh, Grace Sinai Hospital in Detroit where those nurses, I think six of them had like this uh, sit-in and I think they got yeah. fired um, because they're pissed about staffing. It's like, yeah, uh, that's, you know, I, you know, people were like, well, uh, the, uh, they tried to, we tried to talk them, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no bullshit. Like the administration is lying. Like those people didn't get what they needed. And they said, well, uh, you know, we're not going to work. And then they fired them. It's like, you people are dumb because you can't afford to lose nurses right now. Um, yeah, they're kind of a valuable, the the valuable resource for the right. <laughs> and I was like talking, to, I was talking to my, I was talking to my dad, and my, you know, my dad is, um, my dad's, you know, pretty conservative, and uh, he's, uh, my parents are Republican, and um, yeah, but like I get, I get, I like, I love my parents, I get along with them, but like I was talking to them, and I think there's like certain stuff that's popping up that's kind of like. I don't want to say, like, it's not even like a it's bipartisan is the word, but like, I think they're like people on like the right are kind of like seeing issues with like labor at the moment. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah. huge. Like, this is gonna bring out more unions than ever. I feel like since yeah, like since like with like the auto workers like decades yep. ago. Uh, that's happening with here hospitals. too. Absolutely, there's gonna be a million of them springing up. I feel like because. People are realizing themselves, even if they didn't even think of that stuff before or with labor, is like they need workers way more than we need managers like administration. 
And Too bad the only pro labor presidential candidate we had just dropped out. Oh well. Well, uh, also with that, when this happened, you know, when this started, I was like, like a month ago, and I was, you know, like excited and stuff. But I, I, I knew, and even Bernie knew. Like Bernie completely shifted focus. He was like, people were trying to ask him about debates and election shit, and like he told that one guy, he's like. He said it's like I'm trying to deal with like a fucking catastrophe right now or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because he yeah, that knew how great. scary it was, and Bernie knew. Bernie knew he's just like, this, now is not the time, and I knew he's going to drop out then because he because he's a moral person. He's just like I know. He's yeah. like this can't go on. Like everything shifted focus, and at that point, I was like, it sucks, but I also I didn't care anymore about the election because like I couldn't. Like my brain was just like in this day by day thing like everyone yeah. else's it's like by the day you there are no plans there is no future to be had right now and i i don't say that to be like grim or like anything it's just like there's nothing we can't plan on anything far ahead right now because we don't know where it'll be there's no point yeah you have to go by the yeah. day by the week and see where we're at from there because this is kind of um, it doesn't make any sense that's why like the biden camp being okay with people going out to vote made yeah. me like sick to my stomach me it's too. So on top, on top of him being like a rape, like accused rapist right now, that they're just like downplaying. It's like, God damn, yeah. man. How big of a fuck up in scandal is this for the Democratic yeah. Party? And all the worst worms on earth, like near a Tandon, were like yeah. all for having to go to the polls in Illinois last month. But then now that Biden has it locked up, she's like, oh, they can't have them vote in Wisconsin now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Their morals are Sorry so to get political to, on your podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the bleakest moments I've had during this whole thing. Cause like for me personally, uh I I mean, I've been my day to day hasn't changed that much besides the fact, you know. Oh, like, dude, I'm I, jealous of the people getting to quarantine. I'm such a homebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like, like I've, it fucking I've been sucks. Writing, I gotta work. I've, the heart of a podcaster. Writing more. The only thing I'm missing is touring and all the income from touring. But right. I'm not even. But yeah. like, like you said, Andrew, like it's day by day. So, you know, as uh, the economy of my job is like vaporized, uh, I, I can't really think about that right yeah. now. Yeah, what people but don't the, realize that. Yeah. But the one thing I can't, I could think about uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, I guess time is meaningless now was watching uh the center of american politics like the people who hold yeah the centrist basically send people to die in wisconsin like i it was just punishing like uh you know i i it it hurt to watch yeah, that especially and, because and people agreeing round, in canada who don't have like a like so many Canadians are so obsessed with the American election, like myself included, but like to watch like centrists in Canada just weigh in on it, I was like, those were the people I was most upset with. I was just like, shut up, like sit the fuck down. Like don't, you you have you have nothing to gain from like uh, chiming in on this, you know? Like, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's like, is it that, like, is it worth it? I don't know. Like, like at that point, it wasn't to me. Like just I, I, I can't. They did everything they could to you know fuck up Bernie, and it was kind of like mm-hmm. perfect for them, I guess, that this hit. But also, he's gonna be so miserably beat by Trump that I know. Yeah, once I Trump's once I once I saw this pandemic him. start, I knew Bernie would be out because he's, you know, a good person, I yeah. think, and I knew that we'd have Trump for another four years. 
So the one benefit we're going to have is hopefully getting to see him debate Biden because it's going to yeah, be hilarious. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking too, dude. It's going to be the yeah. funniest shit of all um, time. And also in my mind now, like I don't care what people think. I don't for to me in my mind, Biden and Trump, like neither are better than another. Like I don't yeah. well, I, don't fucking, I don't fucking care anymore. I'm not voting. We've foreclosed on the idea of things improving. It's just yeah. two different downward Nothing tra- will trajectories. Change. People are like, Do you care about yeah. climate yeah. change? I'm like, he's not gonna do a goddamn thing about climate change. No, of course, of course not. not. Yeah. It's just two different types yeah. of downward trajectories. Like, and, like people you know, like, which one do you like, want? It's funny because people are like, Yeah, which which rapist are you gonna vote for? It's like I mean yeah. it's like, uh, like the people that are like, Well, I'd rather have the lesser evil rapist. Like, are you kidding? That's insane. Insane, yeah. man. Don't vote. Yeah. Vote on your local level and that kind of stuff. But for the presidential election, man, fuck it. Like I'm done. Don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, the, the, but also, I, I don't even want to the... think about that. I don't even want to think. Like I said, it's day by day. I can't even think about it. I don't. Yeah, there's no point. It's, man. Not, it's not in my brain. The only, re- the only reason to vote would be like, which one of these two people do I find more amusing? Like, do I find uh, the guy whose brain is soup and and can barely string a sentence together amusing, or do I find the guy who tweets out in all caps happy good friday on the most somber <laughs> of of, yeah. of christian yeah, like of, of catholic christian people holidays think trump has yeah. like dementia it's like if you looked at biden like trump is hilariously sharp he's, compared to him yeah so absolutely. sharp and he's actually i mean i hate to give him credit but like he's been super fucking sharp the last couple of days with with a handful of like his tweet about bernie you know was like about Warren wrecking the Bernie campaign. <laughs> there was pretty much nothing. There were no Pinocchios in that. The, tweet. One, yeah, the one great thing about all this is like, they're always going to blame Bernie for this when Biden loses. And oh, totally. of course that's what yeah. they always do. Um, Just don't pay attention. Who cares? You know? No, it's I don't care. Important. What I'm saying is like the, the amount of the amount that like the socialists upset centrists is so funny that I'll always love it. Like, they get well, we so, already know that they're it, not going to learn so any lessons. They're so upset and like so distraught over this shit. It's like we're in the middle of a pandemic and they're like distraught over this shit. Um, and like I don't have the capacity to care at all because yeah, because of my job. But yeah, I also just not at all, even if I wasn't working. But yeah. like, yeah, that's another thing. It's not it's like, worth paying that much attention. I pay way more attention than I should because there's no point. Like. Either you can actually do something actionable, like knock doors for Bernie or whatever, like something that's actually meaningful, or you can just waste your time like obsessing over shit that you can't affect whatsoever, you know? And we've already lost. Like it's the election's over for us, yeah, they right? So at us. this point, yeah. there's no point in like paying attention to this shit except like a cursory glance at what's going on. Well, the, qu- the there's question, more important shit going on. The question now for here, like for Canada and for America, is okay, so like we've been pushed to the brink with this economic structure. It's who owns socialism after this? Is it uh, the bad guys or the people who are trying to make a right. better life for like you, everybody? Yeah, you talked you about know? this multiple like, times. Like, there's going to be a weird right wing socialism that's happening from this. Like Josh Hawley yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, people like that. It's vol- Volkish socialism, and you know, in Canada, they're they're experimenting with a couple different strains of it. Like one strain is the Conservative Party you know, saying things about completely funding small business owners, which is in a way like to pay their salaries, which is in a way a form of socialism. But then another strain is this weird liberal, neoliberal socialism of like uh, giving Amazon the full contract to distribute medical supplies in this country. And yeah, uh, giving shit. giving giving Amazon a full partnership with one of our biggest independent yeah, media like, why companies. Why is it Amazon? Like, Just take it over. 
Take because it. They, exactly. You're the government. Exactly. Just do it. Well, my, you know, my, uh, uh, <laughs> this is my end game. What they should do is oil is worth like what seven cents a barrel. Alberta oil is worth fucking seven cents a barrel. Like, oh wow. <laughs> uh, too bad, Wexit. You know, like, sorry, yeah. sorry, you put all your eggs in the petroleum basket. But uh, what the government should do is fucking buy all the oil. Not bail any corporations out, buy the oil and fucking nationalize it. You know, totally. Yeah, yeah that'd be a move. Like, like, take advantage of it. So you're, you're down not... with destroying the planet, Dan? Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> here's I, here's uh, here's my idea: they let, buy all the oil and throw yeah. it into space, and then no and one throw gets it. Into... it. Well, we were well, talking you know, about. <laughs> I know Andrew's an eco-fascist because the one guy on Twitter tried to call him. Yeah. Like, what? Oh shit! You got called an eco-fascist on Twitter? Yeah, because I said um, if you leave New York City after being told not to, you're a piece of shit. A lot of people what, get mad that, at me for that. Uh, but you're a lot right. of a lot of them being anarchists, it seemed, or 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 ancaps. People are like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. uh, or people. Are all, a lot of people in my mentors are like libertarians and anarchists are the same thing. I'm like, you know, yeah. anarchists are just a different kind of one to me. I'm sorry, sorry mm-hmm. to piss you off, but you're both fucking useless to me. Yeah, you know whose ideology looks pretty fucking stupid right now is uh, ANCAPs, anarchists, and and libertarians. Are you guys gonna make a zine to help yep. all my patients? And always though. Are you guys yes. gonna make a zine? <laughs> you're gonna ride bikes around my patients? Is that what you're gonna do for uh, them? Hey man, uh, food not intubated. They all have this mindset where like, they're like, "Well, the you know anarchists fought the fascists in the Spanish Civil War." I'm like, "Yeah, they assisted the Reds. The International Brigade assisted the Reds, and also the yes. Reds lost." As much as yeah, I, they got, uh, as they much got as fucking crushed. As much as I <laughs> love the Spanish Civil War and like what the yeah. Reds fought for, like they got crushed. And also, none of you are like the International Brigade. You fucking dipshits. None of you are like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's like when people reference like Greek anarchists. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, Greek was fascist until the mid '80s. Fuck you. <laughs> like, right. G- good job, so, guys. So like, nice work. Yeah. I. There's no, especially like right now in the middle. Like you said, like they're looking really dumb and they can't say anything to me because there's nothing that they can prove to me that you know they have anything better. Yeah. Or any better ideas. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the I, benefits of like having a job during this and having to keep working is that like no one can really talk shit to me. I feel like yeah, yeah, like totally. I'm kind of I'm like cocky my mind about it because I'm like, well, what are you gonna say? Like you just look like an asshole to everyone, like coming at me. Yeah. Like I know that this this shit sucks for everyone mentally, but like if people like I'm like I see people like tweeting about like anxiety, like because they're like on isolation. I'm like, one, uh-huh. if you have anxiety, don't you want to be home all the time? yes also you can't talk about anxiety during a pandemic everyone has anxiety it's a pandemic it's worldwide this is a historical catastrophe also don't talk to me about anxiety if you're not like working on the front lines like i don't think they understand like what this is like the other thing that sucks even more than that is is the boredom tweets like which started oh my god a a week ago and for me like like i don't think I don't think anyone has an excuse to be bored since like 2008. Maybe earlier. I don't think people like, have a reason can, to be how bored. How can you period. be fucking bored? Like, but uh, Michael like, and I have and, always and then, talked about that. Like, people who say they're bored are like baby brains. If you're an adult person and you say you're bored, like, are you like you need to. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to tell people. To, 
You need to re-examine your life. You need to have yeah. an imagine. Like, I, I mean, you need to have the smallest amount of imagination to be like, I'm interested in something. You're either, oh, all, you're, that, you're, all that information is there for you. You can talk to anyone you want at any time. You can, for free. Like, There's so much to do on the computer. Yes, it's infinite. You could click it around rules. forever. Clicking around rules. If I it's wasn't so working, good. I would love this quarantine. I love to be home and clicking around on my computer. Like, but also, like, you know, the computer, you could get, like, basically any book you want. You could find it. You can find, like, any movie. There's games. There's music. Yeah. There's documentaries. There's you YouTube. You can teach yourself there's how to do something. There's people streaming everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, learn a language. Like, read about stuff. Just dive into something. Go psycho. Go, like, Howard Hughes on something. It's fucking yeah. cool to dive into shit like that and go psycho. And it'll consume you. And then, like, it'll, you'll have that information for the rest of your life. Like, go psycho into something. What else yeah. do you have? You don't have plans. You don't have anything else to do. What the fuck? Why are you afraid of? Do you want to just like sit there tweeting about how you're bored and bitching and like you can't go hang out with people? Hang out with yourself. It's cool to be alone. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, or hang out with some of the great uh, figures from human history, you know? Or hang out with your buddies in Discord. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the way to do it's it. It's so funny. But yeah, like, yeah, this whole thing is, it is very funny. It, it's funny to see the way people act while you're like still working because you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you people. Like you want to, like be, in my filthy plague unit all night with me. <laughs> you, you're at home and you're safe. Like, yeah. Fuck off. Shut up. <laughs> God damn. Uh, also, uh, music. I know. Like, like, kind of like getting there on time. Um, music. I wanted. We wanted to bring it up. Uh, actually, what I've been listening to, which is appropriate, is a lot of Laurel Halo. Because oh, nice. yeah. her, her debut yeah, album is Quarantine. That's that's the one and, that I've listened to the most. But it's so been Andrew, years Yeah, now. I mean, that's her best album. Yeah, it the is. The album cover is so fucking cool, too. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I got to I gotta tell you that uh, that album is, in the last decade, is one of the biggest influences on... Um, not, not necessarily what I'm trying to get across aesthetically, but just a creative sort of wellspring that I go back to yeah. all the time. Because that's, there's nothing... It, nothing sounds like it. Uh, I don't think anything that was made before it or after it sounds like it. it. It just exists in its own world. Yeah, it's very... Also, Charles, that album cover, have you seen the vinyl? It's like holographic. Like it, oh, it like cool. shimmers. It's so cool. But yeah, she... One of the things that I love that she did, I think some people were turned off by it, but like the vocals, how she purposely yes. kept them on unaltered. She said like, yeah, I could have done this yeah. and that with it, but she's like, I wanted to kind of sound bad. And it kind of like... Yeah is like this uh it makes it more like unsettling pure scene. Too, like my, yeah. yeah it has this like sickly like alien it it just feels like like the soundtrack to like right now i don't know why but it it's, just it's, it's just diseased like, and clean sound yeah, at the same time it, like it's the low, production it's is low so bit. good and it's like beautiful but yeah it sounds yeah. like it sounds diseased it just doesn't sound right like something is yeah. off with this and i can't pin down what and that's exactly how i feel in the world right now like I mean, I can pin down what it's a pandemic, but like, it yeah. just feels like in the, in like a in in a like within a week of my life, everything shifted. Like I shifted into a different reality, and yeah, I I know we could have predicted like it was predictable that I was going to come here and hit, but it does. You don't really, you didn't really believe in your mind it was going to hit the way it has. You you just didn't believe in your mind it was going to be that way. We like for me anyway. Like I couldn't tell you that we were ready for this at all 
in, in the hospital, we didn't expect this. We didn't expect it to be this bad. And I think the deaths and the numbers of deaths and everything isn't enough for people to believe it's bad as it is. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, is that not enough for you people? Or they're like, oh, it's only old people or whatever. I'm like, like, what kind of death are you looking for? Are you looking for like Ebola spread across the United States, killing everyone, infants, children, you know, adults, old people? Is that what's enough for you to be like, well, fuck. I don't it know what people are looking extent, for. That it's just not dramatic enough. Like 9-11 yeah. was already very small compared to where we're at now with this yeah. pandemic. But 9-11 was so dramatic. Right. And it's easier to like blame someone and get mad, you know? But like, yeah, like back to Laurel Halo, like the there's there's something about it that just it just felt um very appropriate. I mean it the, the album is about stuff like, you know, viruses and conspiracies. And yeah, shit and con- like that. Con- containment. Containment, and, uh, yeah. Is- isolation. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's a quality to the songwriting that is, you listen to the songs and there are vaguely recognizable, I would say, like a verse or a chorus. You can kind of parse out like a verse or a chorus in some of the songs. And they st- those, those parts like stick in your head too. Like I get like parts stuck in my head. I'm like, that's a really weird part of the song to be stuck in my head, but she like managed to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you followed her career since then? It's, yeah, it's pretty um, her, interesting. Her album "Chance of Rain" I've been listening to a lot too, as well. Um, yeah, that Chance album of Rain is, is very good. Quarantine's my favorite, but I think "Chance of Rain" is like very closely as good. One of the reasons "Quarantine" resonates so much for me, like out of her whole catalog, is because you've got that uh, absolutely like almost like crystalline insect brain. Like you're dealing with a hundred things at once and you're in complete control of them but she also adds this emotional content over yeah, top of it yeah which is really fucking jarring to hear in like a single track you know like to hear somebody imbuing these just weird angular songs with like uh, resonant emotional content someone that's you know? similar in that sense to me i think um a lot more emotional and less more, like less like logical but very weird and kind of like Almost like kind of like a her music reminds me like it was it came out of like the Fey Wild from like D and D or something is Julia Holter because she's oh, like yeah. she's classically I, I, she's trained but amazing. she takes everything about like classical stuff and like fucks it up she like chops it up and is like no this is what I'm doing with it and then like yeah she makes like some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard like Have You in My Wilderness is one of my favorite albums of all time on top of uh um her you know. Her, her uh, uh the album before that i don't know why i'm blanking yeah. on it right now but like her cover of hello stranger is my favorite song um so good um, and she's like weird like that she's like laurel halo like she just like does this weird stuff and she has like such immense control over all of it but her emotion that she puts into it is like unlike any any other i yeah. she's probably like Laurel Halo, I love, but I think Julia Holter is probably like a top three artist for me. Like current working artist, I don't know. It's just something would, that she does different than everyone else. I would say James Holden has that uh, category has is in that category too. Even though there's no vocals on on a lot of his records, but uh, that album he made, The Inheritors, mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's kind of like the Neolithic version of Laurel Halo's Quarantine, you know, like it's it's incredibly complex electronic music that has this weird 
organic, like misshapen uh, soul to it. And it's it's like if uh, a field in England had a had an acid house <laughs> soundtrack. I've actually know? never listened to that album. I'll have to, I'll have to listen. Oh to it. man, yeah, you, uh, if you if you guys yeah if you guys are fans of a field in England and good music, like it's basically uh, it's basically him doing like primitive British music, but uh, run through like run through the processes of of like acid house. Okay. Oh. And it's so so good, but it's gross. It's gross in the same way quarantine yeah. is gross. Yeah. You know, like there there is something disgusting about that Laurel Halo record, like repellent about it. But it's, it feels uh, like, um, actually, I tweeted about this. I think last night, like there is a weird. Um, if people work in medicine, especially like with direct contact with patients, there's a weird thing about sterility that does to smells. Like smelling, not even just smelling through an N95, but like. You wash your hands with like uh like medical soap all day like it like your nose is constantly like being cleansed kind of yeah and then like you get a a waff of something that bad that smells bad which is constant because humans smell bad and yes when the when that hits it just smells weird like it, it smells different than it would like if you're to smell someone someone's bodily fluids like outside the hospital it would smell kind of different but that sterility i feel like tweaks it and it makes it like it's just like this weird thing that you're never gonna lose. Like it just sticks with you forever. And then that's what quarantine feels like. It feels like this like antiseptic uh, yeah. environment that's just like covered in filth. Like yes, I don't know. It, it's just like I'm clean. I don't think it. I, I I don't think there's anything on me. But it feels like that there's something on me, and I don't know what yeah. to do about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, quarantine, uh, 100% like the soundtrack for the last month and, and the months to come, I think. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely something people should be listening to if they haven't heard it. Yeah, you have any other uh, closing thoughts, Andrew? Or Nope, uh, not really. Stay home if you can. Uh, you know, I know everyone's got to get groceries and everything. You need stuff to live. I know everyone can't afford to order stuff, especially. It's just expensive. Um but try to keep yourself safe because this shit is very real. Um, I don't see it ending anytime soon, at least for another couple months. Um, so yeah. at least in North America. So everyone should just, you know, listen to, li try to listen to like medical people, please. Cause it's like not, I mean, no, 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 listen to this because it's fake or anything, but. It, you don't know how we don't know how this this thing works and we don't know how it's going to affect you you can have some underlying genetic condition within you that makes you fucked like that just goes for everyone basically regarding anything <laughs> medical wise like people you can't go by like the numbers all the time yeah. and we don't have real numbers this we're not going to understand this for years down the line treatment wise the pathology all that is coming years down the line vaccines not till next year, I'm telling you. So, at least. So, like, there's no consistency. We don't know how well our treatment is working yet. We don't know what we're doing with it treatment-wise yet. We're just trying our best in seeing how long we can keep these people alive because we're all pretty lost. So, stay at home and uh, just hang in there. That's all I got to say. Go online and click, man. Click just around. Click. Yeah, exactly. Get clicking. Also, start a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. 
Maybe not. There's, we're nah, reaching peak uh, podcast now. <laughs> don't no, try don't the start a, do not start a band or a podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do not take money away from the people who are... Well, start uh, a, you can start a band. Just don't make money yeah. off of it. Make it free. That's what yeah, else yeah. to do. Start a band for fun. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, exactly where I was going to take it here. Is, um, one thing you can do as a hobby at home is just record down-tempo ambient stuff well that was funny because back in like like six months ago i was learning uh dawes like just fucking around with some because i never used them before so so i started i started making some tracks like just like while i was learning and i was like my classmate from nursing school like as a musician i was like i'm gonna make a bunch of like it's like scary songs like related to medical shit and i like just like as a joke and i did and then like the first one i called was like sob like shortness of breath and i was like it was in my mind like what it feels like to be short of breath and, like the other one was like what it sounds like to me to be on like the ecmo uh what, what's the ecmo um it's uh extracorporeal membrane oxygenation so what that is is it's a machine that's kind of like dialysis but what it does is it pulls the blood from your body and it sends it through a machine and oxygenates the blood for you and puts it back in your body. Ooh. So it's very, okay. it's very cool. It's very scary and very bizarre. And it's like for very extreme situations, like people who have ARDS. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, the, a doctor who recently just died in a close by hospital um, was 37 and died, I think, like last week. And he was on that, I believe. So it's very... <laughs> It's, oh, ECMO wow. is a very creepy thing. I mean, it's it's very cool system. That's also uh, what um, that's what like a, like a perfusionist would control it. So you no know, shouts out to Chris Lovell doing God's work down in Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> uh, really. Fuck you, Chris. Right you loser. Um, you fraud. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. So that's like. So I made those tracks based on that shit. So I was like, I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know, that was like fun. I should start making some more like creepy, like medical tracks just to give people more anxiety <laughs> about yeah. this whole thing. Dude, it's the right yeah. time. It's the right vibe. Keep them anxious. Keep them at home. Well, they're man. all like ambient or just like <laughs> weird, like industrial tracks anyway. So just yeah. make I just want to make and them that's scary. Kind of, uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking here too of... Uh, it just feels like the right vibe of thing. So I, we're going to put out a Fortune Kit ambient album sometime soon. Yes. But I feel like um, I'll play us out with one of those tracks here. Um, but yeah, Andrew, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me yeah. on. Thanks for talking to us, Jim. <laughs>